Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to a Cinematic Universe mini-sode. I'm Seb Patrick and joining me to bridge the gap between our Blade 2 and Awards episodes are... Is is James Hunt? Uh, yes, so we're we're back doing a minisode. We haven't done a minisode for a while. Uh, partly, we kind of generally haven't had the need to in, uh, in terms of news and stuff. It's and been a quiet we, month. We haven't really had the time. Yeah, it's not been a quiet month for the discourse, but it's been a quiet month for actual it's, news. It's been a quiet month for anyone who doesn't want to talk about Watchmen or Joker or Martin yes. Scorsese. And I think we've made our feelings clear on all of those subjects. Have we mentioned Martin Scorsese? Uh, who? Yeah. Who? The critically acclaimed director of uh, Hugo. Did you do Hugo? <laughs> to be fair, Hugo's an awesome film. So yeah, I've never seen it. <laughs> if that was the example, if it was the example you were going for as the obscure, not very good Martin Scorsese, it was a bad example. <laughs> you should watch it. It's great. I should check out who Martin Scorsese is. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, yes. Yeah, so we. But what we did do is when we did our last episode, we knew that there were about to be trailers for uh, two of the major releases of next year. So rather than wait for them, we thought we'd get that episode out and then uh, do a minisode covering them. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, so we'll tackle them in the order that they came out, which is to say we'll do the Black Widow one first. Uh, Black Widow, the film that everyone had kind of sort of forgotten about to an extent. Um <laughs> That I think, well, I think Marvel forgot about it because they forgot to make it when they actually should have done, and, uh, and have now finally got around to doing so. Um, but I think it's it's one that maybe had kind of got a little bit overshadowed, sort of in in people's imaginations. And actually, to be fair, the way that these trailers have landed, I think it's been overshadowed by the trailer that followed it as well. But we'll, <laughs> but we'll come to that. Um, I actually think though this trailer did a quite nice job of selling us on a film that I think a lot of people were maybe wondering about the necessity of and about where it fits in things. What 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 did you make of it, James? I sort of think it looks like exactly the film I was expecting out of a Black Widow solo film, which isn't to mm-hmm. say I'm disappointed in that. I just think it sort of looks like hey, what if Atomic Blonde but in <laughs> the MCU. And fine. We can get James McAvoy in there as well somehow. That'd be great. But, you know, it, it sort of, it feels a bit by the numbers. Mm. I mean, it it looks very dispensable. 
Um, I, I hope it will kind of rise above that in the sense of, you know, I, I, when I say dispensable, I, I don't really mean that in terms of its quality. I just mean that in terms of where it fits in everything, you know. Um, you know, when you sort of pre-end game, you kind of put together those lists of what do people need to see if they haven't watched them before and they want to catch up before end game. And it's not really based on the quality. It's based on the pieces of the puzzle that fit together. Yeah, so that's why you, you have to include go two. Exactly, yeah. Well, I think you could still skip that one and just get someone to explain where it's relevant. But it's like, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd include Age of Ultron. You might not necessarily include Iron Man 3, although you should include Iron Man 3. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I just think in, in terms of I'm not sure what it's where it, how it's going to move things on and, and I'm not sure it's going to enlighten us on anything. I'm sure it's going to be extremely fun. And, and fun is the word I'd use to describe the trailer. I think the trailer had a nice sense of fun. I think it did one thing particularly that was striking, which was given how little we knew about this film beforehand, to reveal to us that it was going to be centred around this family dynamic that we didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. Because what it's done is it's taken a bunch of characters who are pre-existing names from Marvel Comics and made them related to one another in a way that they weren't. Um so there are, are we three things literally because I saw a lot of readings of this trailer, which is like, oh, she's literally her sister, and I saw it more as like, just oh, well, I, I read it fulfilling as, I read the it function as, of a sister. Oh, okay. No, I I took that as they are literally a family. This is literally her sister, literally her mother and father. That was that was how I took it. Maybe maybe you would not necessarily supposed to interpret it that way. But I mean, I she does she way. does literally say in Endgame, I didn't know who my dad was. <laughs> she's a super spy with a secret past she could lie it's Hawkeye <laughs> she tells that guy everything well I don't know or I maybe, think uh, well, or maybe a strictly metaphorical or, fa- know. family okay well maybe but either way I think it's a dynamic that we weren't necessarily expecting we didn't know what the film was going to do with Red Guardian we didn't know what the film was going to do with Florence Pugh's Yelena who you know from the comics Yelena is another Black Widow but I don't think she has any direct connection to natasha in the comics she's just somebody else who was yeah. trained as a spy and, and became a black widow yeah i think um, that's correct there are there are three things about this trailer that i want to sort of frame as observations slash assumptions that i'm making so i want to kind of put them forward kind of as questions i'm not phrasing them as questions but i'm these are my assumptions and i want i want you to answer whether you kind of agree with them or not <laughs> Um, so the first one is Florence Pugh is going to be the new Black Widow in the Marvel Universe after this. She's going to she's going to become the Black Widow and join the Avengers. Are we in any doubt about that? Um, okay, I was with here? you. I was with you up until join the Avengers because traditionally <laughs> she's a villain. Um, yeah, but she's and, clearly not and, a villain and, and, here. Is, is she not? I mean, Black Widow was a villain originally. I, I get the sense that these characters might all be villains of sorts and Nash mm. is just hanging out with them because, you know, that's what she does. She's a former villain. I, um, I get the sense that she is being set up to take over. I don't know if I see much value in having a sort of bargain Black Widow around, but, you know, maybe. Maybe. It, it's, it's, it's Marvel doing Legacy Heroes. It's already what they've been looking at doing with... Um, with Falcon, haven't they? So. <laughs> what, having a new Falcon? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, what I think you're right about here is that there are probably elements in this film which will which will turn up in, in future Marvel films. I think that much is pretty clear, if only because the fact that it's chronologically set in the past means they have to find some way to make it 
you know, fit the overarching, you know, universal narrative. And I think Mm -hmm. they will do that. And they'll probably do it by throwing a bunch of stuff at the audience and seeing what lands. And in that case, Florence Pugh's character is probably quite likely to do that. I still don't think she's going to join the Avengers. Mm, I think if you've got the opportunity to lock down someone who looks like they're going to become the next Jennifer Lawrence slash Margot Robbie, uh, I, th- I think I think you you give them a chance to be in the Avengers and lock yeah. them down, to be honest. Um, and also, you know, obviously the makers of this film have seen Killing Eve uh, because they were, <laughs> they're definitely going for a Villanelle vibe with with those opening uh, the appearance of her in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the time frame. That brings me to kind of point number two. This one is kind of more of a question because I don't think the trailer really answers this. But when the hell is this film set? It, so... I think what the rumor, the rumors, and I say rumors in the sense that like people who have no good reason to know are saying, oh yeah, it's set just after Civil War in a way that makes me think they know some intern who's read the script or whatever, you know, wherever mm. those rumors come from. You know what I'm talking about, right? When when sites report things and you're like, you clearly know this and you're just reporting yeah. it as rumor. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I um, think that's the- that's what where we're gonna see it like after Civil War in the. After she got WikiLeaked or whatever. The thing that sort of puts a spanner in the works for that, though, although maybe it's the case that there are multiple time frames being shown in this, do you not think... Have they not de-aged uh, General Ross in it? Because when, when in that brief part when he shows up, he looks younger than he does in the current Marvel films. I mean, uh, that could looks be... looks to a... me like they're doing a, a, you know, a 90s version of him almost. It could be, could be a, a sort of re reappearance. What am I saying? Could be a yeah flashback or whatever. That's it, and that's mm. the word flashback. Flashback, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and point number three: Rachel Vice is playing Taskmaster, isn't she? Seems possible. I think it seems incredibly likely. They haven't said who's playing Taskmaster in this film. They have shown Taskmaster in the trailer, immediately followed, by the way, by a shot of Rachel Weisz's character. We don't know who Rachel Weisz's character is supposed to be. We don't, I don't even know. If, well, Wikipedia says that her name is Melina slash Black Widow, so she could be a previous Black Widow. Either way, I'm sure she's Taskmaster, because if not, we'd know who was playing Taskmaster now. Yeah, you're probably right. So, James, tell us about Taskmaster. Oh, he's not that interesting, really. <laughs> Which I... is probably why they've changed it to be Rachel Weisz. What, what, what is he, though? Like, yeah. What's, what's so, his deal? His deal is he is a set of comedians who have been given some basic things to fulfil. Uh, no, sorry, that's a really... I even, after this trailer came out, <laughs> I had people who weren't Marvel fans making jokes. Like, uh, uh, someone I know went onto Taskmaster's Wikipedia page and um, added um, uh, uh, Greg, Greg Davis. Greg Davis? Greg Davis as his alter ego. Uh, and I was like, you're not allowed to do this. We've been waiting and waiting to make these jokes. You, you can't do it if you're not on, on this side of things. Um, yeah, but... so, so okay, Taskmaster's actual deal is that he is, he's like a mercenary who can sort of duplicate the uh, physical abilities of anyone he watches. So, like, if he watches Captain America fight, he can immediately 
fight Captain America and it's sort of a retcon into his possibly a retcon maybe first appearance I'm not sure I've never read it um part of his deal was like all the random goons were being trained by this guy because he was like if you want to fight Captain America I've got all of Captain mm-hmm. America's moves I'll teach you how to fight him um he's been affiliated with uh AIM who were in Iron Man 3 but a sort of in the comics they're a, like a Hydra offshoot mm. um so I imagine he'll be associated with Hydra in some way or she will hmm he looks from the like from the cover of his uh early appearances it looks a little bit like Deathstroke but just with a with a white hood and kind of skull mask. But apart from that, I think it's it's the blues and the oranges that do it, and the fact that he's a mercenary, and the fact that he's got leg pouches. Um, <laughs> it does just make me think of Deathstroke. Although I think he probably predates him. Although only a, a very similar time because I think Deathstroke's around 1980 or 81 as well. Yeah, so yeah. There was obviously something in the water around about that time. Yeah. For creating those type of mercenary characters. It's, it's um, sort of interesting actually because Taskmaster is normally an Avengers villain. Um. And maybe, and more obviously, an well, I mean, more obviously, like a know. Captain America slash Deadpool <laughs> villain. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see why they've transplanted the character to this movie. Probably because, he, like, his slash her slash their um, abilities kind of fit Black Widow as a as a villain. Because you know you can't have. Yeah. Can't exactly have the Black Widow fighting, ooh, I don't know, Loki, one on one. No, I don't know. Doesn't work. Um, <laughs> that's probably why they they picked someone who's a bit more down to earth. Fair enough. And probably the other major thing we haven't talked about from this trailer, uh, well, other than Black Widow herself, uh, Red Guardian, or his, as he surely should be known, Captain Russia. <laughs> um. So Red Guardian, played by David Harbour. I, I didn't realise until looking this up, and obviously the, tra- the, the trailer very much makes clear that how he's positioned here is Russian version of Captain America, and I really, really like the duplication of the style mm-hmm. of Captain America's costume. I, I kind of assumed, without knowing a lot about the Red Guardian, that that was the film nudging him more in that direction, but it turns out that, no, he literally was created as the Russian version of Captain America in, yep. in almost every... Uh, regard and also I I thought he was presumably kind of a villain but actually no he he is a hero um, antagonistic I hero I would say because you know well, yeah, he works for the Ruskies yeah, yeah exactly you know but uh, but at least like in in the context of being Russian he's a superhero he's not a super villain who's been created to take down the Avengers or anything like that he's, no, you know, no. he's their superhero kind of thing um Makes me wish. Uh, why why can't we get the Rocket Reds in a in a DC movie? The Rocket Reds were fun. <laughs> Do you want a good fact about uh, Red Guardian? Give us it. He was personally chosen by Nikita Khrushchev. Okay. Over, over, Yuri Gagarin, who went wow. on to go to space instead. Okay. So could have been a superhero, but he went to space instead. Although in. Uh the Marvel timeline was Yuri Gagarin the first man in space didn't the Fantastic Four beat him into space uh, I mean under the Marvel under Marvel timeline the Fantastic Four went into space in about mm, 2007 so that's a good point actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, to think to think what could have been. I mean, genuinely. But actually, no. Imagine if Marvel had made it and and had reckoned it so that because the Fantastic Four first went into space, Yuri Gagarin was not the first man in space, and so instead became the Red Guardian. That would have been better. That's what they should have done. Yeah, let's pitch Feige on that. <laughs> Never know. It could be. It doesn't say what the character's name is. Could be. <laughs> could still Maybe be Yuri David Harbour as Yuri Gagarin. <laughs> Actually, well, again, Wikipedia does say that it's Alexei Shostakov. Um, but that stuff's fun. Um, there's been a bit of criticism about Marvel kind of relying on fat jokes again. Um, I didn't kind of get that sense, although I, I kind of, I think, missed the first time I watched the trailer that it literally does have Rachel Weisz's character say to him, you got fat, which I think makes it more ostensibly a fat joke than how I had kind of took it, which was just I was enjoying his kind of glee at being an old retired hero who still got his costume on. Um, people have been identifying this as kind of a bit of a trend in Marvel films for them to fall back on the the fat joke. And it's a bit like how in Endgame I, I didn't see it as, as bad, apart from the bit where Rhodey literally said like makes a fat joke at thor but you know we we know what roadie's like we, we don't like roadie's he's a terrible character so you know um but yeah so that, other than that though i think that looks fun it looks like david harbour will get some fun stuff to do in this film um i certainly get the impression that of all the characters who possibly might be the ones who would turn on our hero i i think he seems to be the least likely to be from the way he's played in this oh interesting <laughs> Why do you think? Do you think the opposite? I sort of think he's going to be Captain Tosc- Toxic Masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, no. we'll we'll find out. We'll find out. It's always fun to make these predictions and then be horrendously wrong about it. <laughs> Trust me. By the time this movie comes out, we remember having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun when people remind us on Twitter of things. That was, what was Joe, yeah, there was the incredibly accurate Joe prediction from Endgame that Joe had completely forgotten he'd even made. Uh, yeah. that got pointed out. I can't remember what it was. Who knows? Because you know, we're not good at remembering these conversations. Because <laughs> we're old and we don't fit into our costumes anymore. I'm also I'm very tired. Extremely tired. Yes. Okay, well, let's just... So a final word then on Black Widow. I mean, as I say, do you sort of... What are your feelings on this? Still looking forward to it? Is the trailer making you look forward to it more, less? Where Where do you sit I, on it? So I think it's probably going to be a fine movie. It also... And kind of level? Huh? Ant-Man kind of level? Uh, I don't know. Higher or lower? I don't know. I mean, I've never not enjoyed Scarlett Johansson. I've not enjoyed a lot apart of films from she's when been she's, in. Apart from when she's talking about what roles yeah, she's entitled to play. that is true. And when <laughs> she's playing, you know, Ghost in the Shell. You know, that character, Ghost in the Shell. When she's playing, yeah, yeah. When she's playing Ghost in the Shell. When she's, when, she's playing, when she's playing the ghost. Yeah, when she's the, the ghost in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Not, yeah. not fun in that. Um, no. she'd probably be fine I don't know I'd rather watch Under the Skin again to be honest that's a good movie you should watch Under the Skin okay there's the poster quote for Black Widow rather watch Under the Skin again yep hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter that's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, well, let's move on then to another film that maybe you'd rather watch than Black Widow. Uh, WW84 or Wonder Woman 1984 whichever it's going to be officially known as, or as I'm calling it, Glow, the movie, because it's a movie that looks like the makers have really seen Glow, which, you know, not enough people seem to have seen Glow, but Glow's really good. You should watch it. James, I've been telling you to watch it for ages. I really think it would be up your street. Yeah, you told me uh, to watch Flash for ages, and look how that turned out. Yeah, but... Six th- years later, like, it's shit. I think you like Glow. It's Alison Brie and wrestling and the 80s i know, plan to watch glow but I, i've got i've got stuff got a lot yeah. of shit going on well anyway this isn't glow but it does look a bit like it this is wonder woman 1984 do we wonder have woman to have sequel. seen the first 1983 to get oh, it you're really bringing out the obvious ones tonight aren't you I'm, yeah I'm, I'm so glad uh so this trailer shows us uh well shows us that the film has got a very 1980s aesthetic uh it reminds I mean, us that Chris- they say that has it though I was there in the 80s. It didn't look this bright. <laughs> Were you there in America in the 80s? Uh, even so. Yeah, that's just, the, that's just the fog of your memories make everything darker. Yeah, I love that fog. It was, it was, it was very grey in England in the 1980s. <laughs> well. It wasn't just, very bright. Yeah, there's no, no coal. It all gone. <laughs> if, if, if someone made a film set in the UK in the 80s, it would just be grey and Timmy Mallet. That's like, Timmy Mallet was the only uh, Timmy Mallet was pretty bright, to be 80s. fair. Yeah. Yeah. So is he the uh, villain in this? Well, um... No, this does not have Timmy Mallet in. Although I think the Maxwell Lord we see from Pedro Pascal in this trailer, maybe not a million miles away, personality-wise, from Timmy Mallet, and, yeah. and he's is is a TV personality. Um, Aren't you glad we're, we're not talking about <laughs> about Bob Monkhouse anymore? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've gone from Bob Monkhouse to Timmy Mallet. <laughs> all the all the hits. Um, before we actually, we, I am going to talk about Maxwell Lord, but before we talk about that character, uh, obviously there's you know. Uh, Wonder Woman kicking around in the 80s in this trailer doing lots of Wonder Woman-y things deflecting bullets with her wristbands and using a lasso in a sequence that looks like it's set in the White House and like it's very like that Nightcrawler bit at the start of X-Men 2 mm. um, but we also get a fair amount of Steve Trevor in this trailer we get a lot of Steve Trevor or as I like to call him, Steve Rogers <laughs> yeah now, do you see this as being reflective of what the film is going to be like what having a lot of steve trevor yeah. in yeah I, I sort of do okay i think i don't know it's hard isn't it because they might just be like hey here's a trailer full of steve trevor to get the guys in and uh, oh no he's not in the film i think but... he's not going to be in the film as much as this trailer makes out 
I I get the impression that what that the reason why he's around is clearly something to do with Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord obviously has some kind of object, some kind of magical object that is presumably in some way linked to Themyscira. And I think he's using that to make people's wishes come true. And that's what he's marketing through his TV infomercial thing. And I think he that gets used to bring back Steve Trevor. And that's why he's in it. Uh, but I suspect that that is an act of the film. And I don't think it's any more than that. Yeah, see, I, I doubt I that think, he's in the whole film like that. I think that's what's happening. And also that is three acts of the film. <laughs> Well, we'll find out. But... We will find out next year. Yeah. But, I mean, do you think that's sort of... Is it potentially... as Right, as enjoyable as the relationship and the chemistry between the two of them was in that first film, and as good as Chris Pine was in that first film and is generally, is it potentially harmful to, to this film and to this character in this series of films to keep on going back to that? Because it kind of feels like if you... If you make Steve Trevor so important that you you have to bring him back in this one, it kind of makes it difficult not to do it the next time, I think. Yeah, I sort of... I think it centres her character around him a bit too much. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they're in much the same way as how Hayley Atwell only came back for little scenes with Steve Rogers after that first movie... It's sort of more a more powerful relationship in that it was temporary and they didn't get resolution. Mm. Um, now it's like, what are you going to do? Make a third film without Steve Trevor in it? Yeah. Like, it, it just seem it sort of offsets the balance of the of the movie in that, like, suddenly it's not a series about Wonder Woman. It's a series about Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor, which is a different thing. Hmm. And like uh, you know, I I love Chris Pine. Uh, I think think their chemistry was great. I would have been much more interested to see what she was like without him around. And like mm. he can still be a presence in the movie. Um, but I wonder about bringing him back in this way. Whether you know whether it's a bit cheap. Whether it's a bit uh, don't want to say obvious, but you know, easy almost to just be mm. like, hey, it's you know. It's Wonder Woman and her boyfriend. Yeah. It feels as well like sort of like, you know, is is he really the the only option that she's gonna have for the entirety yeah, exactly, of her yeah. immortal life? Like, come on. <laughs> Just I do I remember I think Caroline Cedar was saying about this on Twitter way back when, but he he gets a lot of development over the usual superhero love interest. Mm. Like, he gets a lot more focus. Most of Wonder Woman is sort of about him in a way. Um, mm. And I think it, it doesn't allow the characters to stand on her own if we're seeing them together again. Like, it's it's one thing to bring him up in Justice League... Because that, you know, that was Joss Whedon, presumably, trying to crowbar in some of the character's emotional arc into that movie. Um, But yeah, 
making a whole film where he's he's back in again again don't know don't know mm. not not wild i'm sure it'll be i'm sure it'll be fine I'm sure it'll be a good film um mm. it, it just it's not what i wanted to see i think what looks far more interesting and we only get a bit of it in this film um is Kristen wig playing cheetah and I think possibly my favourite bit of the trailer is actually that bit of conversation at the start. Um, because I like the idea that possibly this is going to be a character who's friendly with Diana, but is quite a sort of a very opposite kind of personality. And that kind of conversation just sort of shows them at kind of two ends of, of the spectrum personality-wise when they're, you know, they're talking about their love lives and already, she, you know, she's where you've got this kind of calm and confident Wonder Woman and uh, I think what is her name, Barbara is the character's name, is sort of quite a little bit more, kind of a little bit neurotic and sort of, well, a Kristen Wiig character, basically. <laughs> um, obviously, we don't know if she's going to go like full-on cheetah, spots and tail and everything although if there is like a magical artifact yeah it seems, seems likely people, doesn't it seems like seems like we will get that but we're not going to see it straight away um but i just like the idea of because of the fact that you know the villain in the first film was big cgi god of war um if we are actually going to get a proper character antagonist for wonder woman uh, and this is a character who, you know, traditionally, you know, dates all the way back to the 1940s and is traditionally her kind of main arch enemy, but an arch enemy that's actually a personality, um, you know, that is kind of her Lex Luthor and hopefully a recurring character. Um, and the fact that that's played by Kristen Wiig, who is great, um, <laughs> you know, is something I'm quite looking forward to. And I hope I hope the film doesn't waste. Uh, but it does have another villain, a villain who is not traditionally a Wonder Woman villain, but seems to have become one in a really weird way. Uh, and that is Maxwell Lord. Shall I just go and get a drink now and you, you can, can Just go talk. get a drink. Yeah. I can talk about Maxwell Lord for a bit. Well, James, why, why don't you ask me if, uh, you know, if you have, any, if you have any questions about Maxwell Seb, Lord? Seb, what the hell is a Maxwell Lord? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, it's, Our it's, listeners it's like, won't it, be. <laughs> It's like a normal lord, but it's bigger and it's and it's happy. Is it like it's, it's a Maxwell. does he come from from Maxwell House? <laughs> no, uh, Maxwell Lord originates in one of the greatest DC Comics runs ever, which is the Keith Gifford and James Dematis Justice League from the late nineteen eighties. And he's a villain, 90s. right? He's a really he's an evil guy. And he's a really really evil he's guy. A bad yes, guy. yes. That's this is all Dan DiDio and Jeff Johns' fault that he's a really really evil guy. Uh, what he was originally, and apologies to those who've already read me complaining about this on Twitter, because I I am well, I'm not annoyed about it. At the end of the day, it's just they're using the. I'm, I'm annoyed about what's been done to him in the comics rather than using him in a film. <laughs> put it that way, because a film is a film and it's its own thing. But Maxwell Lord was a great character in the comics because he was the shady businessman and the do you know the the, the basically the the best way i can sum up maxwell lord is that he should have been played by phil hartman at some point <laughs> like he he is a phil hartman character he's a, a sleazy businessman type um who was responsible for putting together the the Bwahaha justice league international which he initially did uh, with kind of ulterior sinister motives because he was actually under the control of uh, a computer 
uh, a computer that was to do with the new gods and nonsense like that. <laughs> but basically, he he was manipulated into himself manipulating, putting together the Justice League. Like he staged a terrorist assault on the United Nations, where he had actually hired the terrorists so that the Justice League could go in and defeat them. That sort of thing. Um, this get it gets discovered that he was sort of being controlled by this computer, but he actually he rebels against it, nearly dies. But when he comes back from nearly dying, and the Justice League have found out who he is, he they sort of accept him again. And the, and the dynamic from then on, and the the circumstances in which he worked the best was that he was their business guy. He was responsible for keeping them running. He was a bit of a kind of shady lawyer type character, but. You know, at the end of the day, you could trust him to do the right thing, even if, you know, he often had a very roundabout way of getting there. Um, that that setup worked great and, and you know, it was some fantastic comics with him in. You also then, a few years later, had the formerly known as the Justice League that was about him putting together, him reuniting that team as a business called the Super Buddies to try and earn money by basically hiring them out as superheroes and oh it's it's a fantastic series. The problem is is that DC decided that they DC needed a character to be the head of Checkmate, the kind of secret shadowy spy organization in DC who their their plans for Checkmate and this revolved around the Infinite Crisis crossover were that Checkmate were kind of putting a curb on the kind of growing menace of metahumans and so there were big conspiracies and stuff going on and it basically turned out to be Maxwell Lord at the top of that and Maxwell Lord shot Blue Beetle in the head and this is Blue Beetle Ted Cord from the Justice League International because Ted Cord figured out the conspiracy he got shot in the head by Maxwell Lord and then the other thing about Maxwell Lord, sorry, I'm, I'm going on one of these big, long explainers. I'm sorry. Um, the other thing about Maxwell Lord is that he, in the invasion crossover in the early 90s, he developed superpowers, uh, which is that he could he could influence people's minds, but like just kind of nudging them in a suggestion kind of way. Uh, if he concentrated really hard and it gave him a nosebleed. Um by the time of Infinite Crisis, this had sort of developed more. He was more powerful, and he was basically threatening to use that power, like to control Superman and and use Superman to fight Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman's way of dealing with this problem of Maxwell Lord being able to mind control people was to snap Maxwell Lord's neck and kill him. Finally, some decisive uh, action. Yeah. So, because of that one moment, um, that's kind of why they seem to have decided that Maxwell Lord is a Wonder Woman villain. Um, it's a bit weird because he's not traditionally. And it, as I say, it just seems to be because of that. I do think that more, though, the reason why they've done what they're doing in this film is that they're making him this kind of media sleazy businessman, let's face it, Trump-esque character which i think they're doing because this film is set in the 80s and that's a character that fits in the 80s and i think they've used maxwell lord as as the name of a sleazy businessman type who exists in dc and who also happens to have a connection like i don't think wonder woman's going to snap maxwell lord's neck in this film put it that way it sort of occurred to me i was about to say well the different the reason they might show Wonder Woman snapping a guy's neck is because you know it distinguishes her from Superman because he would never do that. And then I realised, oh, actually, he did do that. So I'd like to revise my opinion to Wonder Woman will not snap Maxwell Lord's neck because Superman already did that. 
Um, anyway, that was a long roundabout way of saying that uh, that uh, on, there's a part of me that's glad that Maxwell Lord is finally going to be in movies, but a little bit disappointed that it's not a Justice League movie. He's also been on TV recently. He's been he's been in Supergirl. Um, I guess probably the other thing about this trailer is the gold suit that looks freaking awesome. It's got angel wings. Yeah, what's that all about? But it looks great. I mean, are you going to tell Gal Gadot it doesn't look good? No, I mean, I, I would never upset Gal Gadot, especially not by misremembering how many Fast and Furious films she'd been in. <laughs> no, I don't know who would do that. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you, I mean, again, as with Black Widow, did this, did this sort of do anything for what you were already feeling about the prospects of this film? Uh, I was already massively looking forward to it and I think I'll be very happy to watch it. Good. Oh, look at that. James with a DC film. Yeah. I'm looking um, forward to Black Adam too. Black Stu, Adam. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've, yeah, but I've, I've already done the uh, Justice Society chat on that one, so we don't we don't need to go over that one again. No, but it's, it was <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Um, anything else to say on either of these trailers or anything else that's going on? Man, that Ghostbusters trailer. That was certainly a trailer for a film that has Ghostbusters in the yeah, title. That's a comic, right? There are Ghostbusters comics. We can talk about that. <laughs> there are Ghostbusters comics. Why wasn't it Ecto One A? That's what I want to know. That is what you want to know. You're you're the one who raised that point. Uh, famously, famously yeah. care. <laughs> Ecto One A is better than Ecto One, and Ghostbusters Two is better than Ghostbusters One. Oh, you're such a nerd. It is though. It's better. It's funnier. <laughs> it's just, it's the plot's better. It's it's really good. I don't understand why people diss it. Well, I do understand why people diss it. You know, I'm genuinely, I'm not a big Ghostbusters fan, but having seen like having seen the trailer. I would watch that film if it was called Ghostbusters or not, because Paul Rudd and, you know, the entire cast of Stranger Things sounds good. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's, I just, I'm just imagining now, like, Paul Rudd, like, running around after the cast of Stranger Things, trying to stop them all from getting into trouble. So, <laughs> Paul Rudd as a babysitter. I'd watch that film. Right, well, I think I think that's about it for uh, for our chat on these, these two trailers. Uh, that actually almost brings us up to date. So what's probably going to happen is, before I've had a chance to edit and release this, they'll release a proper, like, Birds of Prey trailer or something that will show, like, Black Mask in his Black Mask or something like that. <laughs> Um, so look forward to that we've we've successfully jinxed our way into another trailer coming out because there haven't been enough this last week stop the press there actually was genuinely in the incredibly small turnaround time between recording this episode and releasing it the CW put out a trailer for Stargirl anyone who listens to the podcast will know how excited I've been and how much I've been looking forward to seeing something from this show uh, so it was quite hilarious that it that it landed just after we recorded an episode uh, where I might have talked about it so um, what I'm going to do is record probably tomorrow at the time of recording this which is uh, Wednesday evening uh, I'm going to record a little bit uh, just with my thoughts on that trailer and how it relates to the whole Starman, Stargirl mythos. Don't worry, I won't spend like another 20 minutes. I might spend another 20 minutes on it. Um, but that's going to go up as a Patreon exclusive. So if you don't already back us on Patreon and that's the kind of thing you'd like to hear, um, you could you know back us at the $1 level just for this month in order to hear it. Uh, if you are already a backer, then great. You've got that to look forward to. 
we will be back. Uh, I think we're going to do... We want to do some chat about comics and our comics of the year. Uh, so we're going to record that at some point. But it might be a Patreon exclusive. So if you don't already back us on Patreon and you want to hear us talking about comics, because why wouldn't you? I was going to uh, say, like we're trying to encourage people to pay for the Patreon here. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, our, our, our next episode after this uh, it is going to be a couple of weeks away because we've got to record it and it takes ages to record and edit and put together. But it is going to be the Cuppies 2019. Stop calling them uh, the Cuppies. Joe's not here anymore. We don't have to call them the Cuppies. We have to do it in his memory. But the worst thing is, and we can reveal this, that Joe and regular guest for the latter half of this year, Caroline Cedar, are both joining us for the awards. Uh, So they will come out. They they will come out before the end of the year. But depending on how busy the Christmas period is, it might be very close to the end of the year. I was going to say, we normally aim for them to come out at the end of the year. And what actually happens is they come out at the start of January. (laughs) Half half at the end of the year and half early in January. But no, I think I'm aiming to get them released on like the 30th or the 31st. Uh, So that will hopefully happen. And that will be big and exciting. And as I say, actually with with two guests, but we couldn't not let Joe do the awards. Um, And Caroline's been on almost as many episodes as he has this year. So, you know, I think uh, has a, has a stake in them too, and can actually tell us about TV shows, which is quite <laughs> important. So I look forward to that. Um, yeah, we'll be back with that in a couple of weeks, and we'll do all of our kind of end of year thanks and reflection and all of that kind of stuff then. So <laughs> is that what we do? Mm, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's the end of the decade. Oh, we have to do our review of the decade. Mm. We'll probably won't. It's do been that. quite. I would say on balance, quite a good decade for comic book movies. I think compared to the one before it... Uh, compared to most whole, of the ones before it, if we're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The 1990s were pretty uh, pretty <laughs> special. Steel. Spawn. Generation X. All the hits. Yeah. <laughs> An actual movie of the Justice League International, but it didn't have Maxwell Lord in it. Right, we should go. We're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank Good you for listening. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't know where the video is, but one it's of them on YouTube. Know, you, yeah, it's really yeah. easy to find. You just type in okay. Joe Cunningham, Fast and Furious, or something. <laughs> I'm totally going to edit that in. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll find out if he still listens. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 